John the Baptist was a wild and holy prophet whose whole mission in life was to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus. And when his big moment came to announce Christ onto the world stage, what did John say? He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Think of all the ways that John could have introduced Jesus. He could have said, Behold the Son of God. He could have said, Behold the Word of God. He could have said, Behold the Christ of God. He could have said, Behold the Great I Am. But no, the foundational identity of Jesus is this. He is the Lamb of God. Behold the sacrifice, says John. Behold God's bleeding victim. That's the most fundamental introduction to Jesus. And if we want to understand why, we need to understand Passover. Passover is the tenth and final plague on Egypt. Here is the ultimate judgment of God. But as with all of God's judgments, there is a way of salvation through the judgment, a way of safety. What is that way through the judgment, that way of safety? Well, let me summarize Exodus chapter 12 for you. Uh, On the tenth day of the first month, you are meant to take a lamb into your household. It had to be a lamb. If your household cannot afford a lamb, a budgie will not do. Uh, If you're broke, then you club together with other families so that you can get a lamb. Only a lamb will do. This insistence on a lamb would have put people in mind of that ancient promise from Genesis chapter 22, verse 8. Do you remember? God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. That's from our video on Jehovah Jireh uh, about a week ago. For hundreds of years, people have been talking about the Lamb of God who would die on a mountain in the region of, of Moriah, the region of Jerusalem. A Lamb who would die like Isaac, the only beloved son, this atoning sacrifice. When Exodus spoke of the necessity of the Lamb dying... All the faithful would have known that the lamb is playing the part of the Messiah himself. Well, the Passover lamb had to be male. It had to be without defect. You can't just get some cheap old thing. It's got to be a precious lamb without spot. Chapter 12, verse 3 says you need to adopt it into the family. For the next four days, Flossie will become a pet, one of the family. And on the 14th day of the month, at twilight... I'm afraid Flossie gets it in the neck. Then using some hyssop plant as a paintbrush, you paint the blood on the outside of your door frames. After this, you go inside and you don't come out again until morning. You're only safe as long as you shelter under the blood of the lamb. Once inside, you roast the lamb with bitter herbs and you eat it with unleavened bread. On this night, you can forget everything your mother ever told you about table manners. You eat it fast, you eat it standing, you eat it ready to leave the country because this is the last night that you'll ever be in Egypt. The lamb given for you to save you would be the lamb given to you to sustain you. His blood would shield you from judgment. His flesh would would feed you for the journey out of slavery. Verse 23, at midnight, when the Lord goes through the land, he will pass over every house which shelters under the blood of the lamb. But for the Egyptians who did not heed the Lord's warnings, he strikes down the firstborn of every household. On that night, every house had someone dead in it. Either there was a dead lamb or there was a dead son. If there was not a dead lamb, there would most certainly be a dead son. In this way, the Passover lamb was a substitutionary sacrifice. He died in the place of the firstborn. What does Passover teach us? 
Well, let's imagine three Israelite houses on the night that the Lord passes through. House A is very religious. They love to have Moses over to hear the words of God. They're always praying. They're always talking about Father Abraham. They're always doing good deeds around the neighborhood. Uh, they hear about Passover, and on one level, they're disappointed because they quite like to have the Lord come inside. They're sure that he would pass over them once he saw how very religious they all were. Um, thankfully, Moses persuades them out of that suicidal idea, and they kill the lamb and apply the blood. House B is not like House A. In House B, they were going to be up that night anyway because they all have ASBOs and uh, they, they, they couldn't leave the house anyway because they had these antisocial behavior orders. Um, these people in House B are drunkards, gluttons, liars, benefits cheats, and notoriously promiscuous. But somehow they catch wind of Passover and they figure they probably better cover themselves. They're not sure it'll do any good because, you know, if the Lord actually pokes his head round the door, he is bound to judge them when he sees the content of their house. When he sees inside, he's sure to judge them. But nonetheless, they kill the lamb and they apply the blood. House C is nothing like as good as House A and it's nothing like as bad as House B. But in House C, everyone's just very nervous. They keep calling up all the people in house A and saying, I've killed the lamb, I've applied the blood, but I'm just not sure. I mean, I don't really see how the blood of the lamb could possibly make a difference. And they spend the night just pacing up and down, just wondering whether the blood will do the trick. Now, next morning, which house loses its firstborn son? A, B, or C? Well, none of them do. Of, co of course none of them do, because it's got nothing to do with what's going on in the inside of the house. You won't often hear a Christian say this, but it, it, it doesn't matter what's on the inside. It's, re it's really what's on the outside that counts. It's not about the Lord inspecting each household to see whether it's up to scratch. It's only about the blood. And it's not even about how much faith you have in the blood. If the blood is applied at all, you are saved. Strong faith in the blood and weak faith in the blood lead to exactly the same outcome because it's not the faith in the blood that saves, it is the blood that saves. Do you see how Passover teaches us about our Christian lives? Christ is our lamb and his death on the cross was the true Passover, a plague of judgment that provided salvation for all who shelter under him. Therefore, our salvation is entirely down to Him. It's not about the quality of our living, our speaking, our acting, our praying. It's not even about the quality of our own faith. It's about the blood. It's the quality of His death, not the quality of our life. Our salvation has nothing to do with our performance and everything to do with His performance. Passover takes our eyes off our own sins and off ourselves. Our salvation is entirely outside ourselves. So today, with gratitude and joy, why don't you behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Mm -hmm.